Usually when someone sets up something like this, yeah. people get quiet and are like, what the fuck's going on? No. They don't give a fucking man. No. There's there's a bridal shower happening right behind us. There, I think it's a graduation maybe right directly in front of us. At a brewery. Yeah. I did a baby shower at a bar once. Oh, really? Yeah, the woman was pregnant, that, yeah. just drinking at the bar. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was done in friggin' uh, Southie? It was in Woonsocket, Rhode uh, Island. Ooh, <laughs> it was, And it was a dive bar, Dollar Drafts. Oh, hey, that's that sounds like a pretty good baby shower. I've, I've been to worse. <laughs> What's the worst baby shower you've been to? Uh, it's not, they're not even the, like this, the worst. They're, they're so boring. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Ooh, maybe like the worst is like going to a baby shower with your current lady and seeing an ex-girlfriend, right? That's oh. like, because like, you know, if there's a bar, you can at least escape into drinks or something like that. But at 11 o'clock in the morning at a bridal shower or baby shower in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, you know. You can get fucked up. Yeah, Who gives I mean, a fuck? Yeah, I guess look I'm at what, a Bloody look Mary kind of guy. It wasn't even five o'clock and there were no parking spots outside of this brewery. No, this place is lit. This place is lit also by people that don't. They don't, none of these people look like they drink. Oh, Everyone no. here looks like they're going to have a half a beer. That is a brewery, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be, like, a drunk and go to a brewery. No, I am, and that's why I look like this. <laughs> yeah, this we is, stand yeah. out. Did you see what I'm wearing? Yeah, yeah. We stand out so yeah. much in this bar yeah, this right now. five years of fucking $8 IPAs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But you're we- you said you don't drink that much anymore. I'm trying. I, I, so I go in spurts, and when I don't drink, I am much. I feel so much better. I work harder. It's easier to get like get life done. And th- with that said, though, I'm not a bad, like I'm not a mean guy or, oh, or an you angry know. drunk. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a. Pro- it's more so just my health. It makes me really fat. Um, mm. Lately, I've been waking up with my chest pounding, so I don't know if that's a good sign. Oh, so Jesus, we're taking a break. We're taking a break. See, a lot of comedians drink. Not a lot of comedians can actually smoke. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I'm professional. Uh, yeah, I am too, but yeah. people are literally like, How you smoke before you go on stage? I thought you guys were cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. People can't handle that shit. Well, I don't, I, you know, I feel like, especially in comedy, good comedy is like good jazz, where, like, sure, there's going to be a song that everyone knows, but they're going to do it in a, hopefully in a way that's kind of spaced out and, like, mm. Uh, you know, too many drinks, definitely no good. Actually, too much weed, probably no good. Um, I've run into that a few times with, like, edibles and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but, like, just the right amount of weed or just the right amount of drinks before, I mean, it can set a, it can set, a set off. You know what I mean? It can, like... Yeah. At, there, are, there are times... I mean, with that said, when I have, like, a really big show, I'm open up for someone that, like, I really want to open up for. Usually, I do that completely sober. But, like... Some of my favorite nights in comedy have I've been kind of lit on stage. Oh yeah, I. Uh, it's like you have to learn. You have to do open mics, and then you have to learn how to be high on stage too. Yeah, like yeah. you have to learn how to like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I most of my formative open mic years were spent high as shit, mm. um, because I spent the majority of that time selling weed to the other open mic comedians. <laughs> So I had to almost lead by example. Like, look what yeah. can be done with these $25 eights. 
And these fucking edibles and making myself. You said twenty five dollar eights and this old guy over there. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, what? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the back in the time of Christmas tree merch. <laughs> Everyone is now looking over at us. All right, yeah. I yeah. want listeners to know that we are in a brewery yeah. that's packed, and we're about to do a show yeah. later. I'm, and these people have like dogs and babies with them too. Dogs and ba- yeah, they're giving their babies yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah, a baby yeah. bottle full of beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a session IPA. It's nursing on. Right now edibles you said you took too many what's the highest you've ever taken the highest amount like the highest amount yeah i don't know probably maybe five i'm sure there's some like specific time i did like some crazy shit oh well so one time there was this guy in town and this is like right when people there weren't any storefronts it was just caregivers and this guy would make like these really heavy bars and he knew that I was like a smoker and he used to come to the open mics and he gave me um, two of the bars and I ate them right in front of them and he literally said he was legitimately worried about me I can't remember the amount but it was like a it was a, like maybe it was like a it was either like 500 milligrams a bar or 250 but it was like a, a good amount yeah and uh, I definitely I got rocked um <laughs> But I've been around people that have just, like, absolutely dwarfed those numbers. So it's not like a, I don't have, like, anything to really hang my hat yeah. on. You know See, what I mean? See, I took like, 15, and I thought you were going to, like... Oh, you have taken 1,500? Yeah, oh, um, damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, honestly, at that point, I was going to take fucking LSD or eat some mushrooms. You know what I mean? Oh, like, 100%. It did feel like a mushroom trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like a mushroom trip where you were dumb. You know, like, mushrooms... Oh, yeah. You take that, mushrooms that, I mean, and you I, just... I feel dumb feel, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but when you take mushrooms, you feel like you have some sort of knowledge you don't actually have. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like you, yeah. I used to like when I was in college take mushrooms and like scribble shit down yeah, yeah. and then I'd be like I know the secrets to the universe yeah. and then you get out and you're like yeah feel better about you like it's always anytime I do mushrooms I always do like this fake work within where mm. I just like start apologizing to everybody <laughs> um, and then I get out of the mushroom trip and I'm like man fuck those people <laughs> I just took mushrooms and saw that movie 80 for Brady oh yeah <laughs> which was a wild movie wait, wait what, what so, movie is that you've never heard no, of that no 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 oh it's about these four old women who are obsessed with Tom Brady so they go to see him in the 2017 Super Bowl oh interesting and Tom Brady's in the movie it's fucking like Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and shit. Oh, uh, that's actually like hilarious. Bad, yeah. but I was tripping so hard, dude. Uh, so I had a joke about it, but one time I um, I ate mushrooms when I was living above uh, foreplay in the old port. I ate a bunch of mushrooms at the time. I, I had a I had. I was loaned uh, a good amount of mushroom chocolates, if that makes sense. And so I had a bunch. I want to try them out. And I wanted to watch Across the Universe because, like, everyone's like, oh, or The Doors. Like, But my buddy was like, oh, yeah, watch either those movies or the trippy. And I had a stack. Back in the day, like, Bulmus Music, they would have, like, you get, like, fucking 15 DVDs for, like, a dollar or whatever in these brown bags. And I remember having Across the Universe in there. I reached in there popped it open and started and it, and it turned out to be fucking love actually because it's the cover is the fucking same thing and i got deep into that fucking movie high on mushrooms dude so i was like i'm never gonna find love bro how long into the movie did you realize it was well so the problem too is it starts with like a fucking beatles song love actually starts with like all you need is love i'm like all right yeah i know this song beatles across here this makes sense and then it just went into i was like man this this movie is you know kind of a chick flick you know i didn't expect this but i, I enjoyed it 
you know. <laughs> My dad uh, lived in Lowell. Yeah. Mass, and so I spent a lot of time in Lowell, and he lived in like a very Dominican area, and they had this one Dominican convenience store called like Elvis's Records or something, oh, and they would have fun. everything. And we'd go in, and we'd all. I remember one time they would have see like ripped CDs, like the new CDs you could buy for three dollars on like a fucking. They just burned that shit. I love it. So we do that, and then one time we're like, oh well, they have movies too. Let's just check out the movies and. <laughs> They had, I think it was like area. No, what was the District Nine? Ooh, hell it yeah! It was District Nine. That's so going like, to get burnt oh, too. District yeah. Nine's in theaters right now, and they have the DVD. Oh, <laughs> Let's sweet. buy it, and we buy it. And we take it home, and it's like when Shaky that cam. movie came Dude. out. Yeah, like a phone, bro, <laughs> recording that Dude, shit. The guy I went to college with, my roommate in college, he was from New York City, and he would go down on. Uh, you know, I can't remember that what that street was called. He would just get a stack of whatever was in the movie theater on break, bring it back up, and dude, we'd watch everything that was in the movie theater. Just like someone was jerking <laughs> yeah. off all their shit. It's, it's like it's like they give someone with MS a camera. It's like, bro, <laughs> like you can't set up yeah. a tripod, yeah, yeah. or even like, like dude, like a monopod. You know, those are <laughs> tiny. You just like put it up on the fucking seat, dude. No, you know, but no, like, yeah. someone just like, oh, and that looks so much more. Yeah. To be fair, though. I love the and I like it when the guy's kind of talking through. Oh, where yeah. he's like, oh, oh, "Oh yeah, I do." Oh like shit! It. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> or the guy who's scared yeah, every yeah. time there's a jump scare. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the moves <laughs> yeah. off frame. You see the exit sign in the theater. <laughs> it looks like fucking Blair Witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I, dude, I can't imagine how bad Blair Witch was when they fucking bootleg <laughs> Blair Witch. <laughs> it's double. The person <laughs> thinks that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe it, maybe it just sets up perfectly. You never know. Yeah, I didn't realize there were cameras in movie theaters. There's cameras at like there's like security cameras. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know. Oh man, <laughs> you're telling me. Oh no. <laughs> so you're telling me the the Regal the Regal Clark's Pond Cinema in Falmouth, Maine has seen some of my. Uh, Naughtier times. Yeah, I'm not uh, the <laughs> the AMC at Cape yeah. Cod. Yeah. <laughs> had, you, I'll tell you the story of how I found out, and then you got to tell me some, a similar story of when you found something out too late. Okay, because this is this is embarrassing, and right. people will look over right. as I tell this story. I was always seeing cats. I had one of those regal passes that you could see. As many movies as you wanted. Yeah. Like with, you know, you pay 20 bucks a month. So I oh, go yeah, and a, see that's a deal. every movie. Yeah, that's great. So I was like, all right, I'll go see Cats. I haven't seen Cats. Like the musical Cats? Yeah, like the one with James Corden. That oh, came so this out. is like a recent oh, story. Yeah. This, is like, <laughs> this is right before COVID. This is right this is, before COVID. This is an adult I decision, I was way huh? too old. Okay, to yeah, be, yeah. Hey, you just found out now, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Cats, and the girl I was dating at the time facetimes me all like sexy and so. shit so we start having facetime sex at cats <laughs> and no one else is in there's the no theater. one else in the theater no one else just in the James theater around, dancing just around. Me jerking okay. off. Oh, shit. <laughs> fast forward to that night i'm at home yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, my wallet fell out of my pocket yeah. in the movie theater. Oh shit. So I go back the next day to be like, hey, did you find a wallet? And they're like, let's just go check the security cameras. <laughs> I literally walked out. Oh no. <laughs> and that's how I found out. 
There were security the cameras. That's not good, dude. That was a story right there, and this this woman heard it all. No, it's a good story. All right, I've got a, actually, I've got a recent movie theater story for you. Yeah. So, <coughs> believe it or not, I'm a father. I got kids, <laughs> and I've got a five year old. And <coughs> oh, excuse me, I wanted my I wanted to take my five year old to his first movie theater experience, right? And the new Puss in Boots movie is oh, out, so right? So good. And uh, so this is during Christmas break, just a couple months ago. And I take him during this like noon time, and it's at Smitty Cinema and Wyndham, right? And it's one of those places where like you can get food and booze and shit like that. And the place is packed. We're we're there late. We walk in while the movies kind of already started playing. We walk in, but I'm just seeing like the waitresses take you know beer to parents and shit like that. So obviously people are drinking, but I, and I get it. But we sit down in our seats and we're watching Puss in Boots. And there's like two like maybe 25, 30 year old dudes. Right directly behind us, just laughing too hard at all the jokes, just like ah, ah, just like laughing. Wait, like and it just like they're in a children's, like a children's movie. It's all children around them. These guys are older guys, and they're just like laughing too hard, and it just sounds like these guys are like fucked up in this movie theater with kids, and it's pissing me off. As a dad, it's just like it's enraging me, right? Yeah. And the, the, the more they laugh, the more I'm getting pissed off, and I'm thinking, you know what? At the end of the movie, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to tell them, like a dad, what's what? Like this is not appropriate. So. They laugh all the way through, laugh all the way through. I'm getting fucking pissed. The movie ends. The lights come up. I stand up, turn around, and realize it's two dudes with their uh, group home guy uh, oh, that's no. hanging out with them. And I look directly at him, and I was like, hey, <laughs> did we have a good time with the movie, gentlemen? Enjoy the movie. Yeah, we had a good time? <laughs> that's so lit. You had yeah. this whole speech. Yeah, oh, I was ready. Oh, you had I was like, play. you motherfuckers. I turned right around. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was a great movie. No, it was I illegally like, streamed this shit out. <laughs> I like, like I'm watching this movie with a five year old, and you're just watching it high as shit. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't see. I don't want to be the guy smelling like weed in a kids movie. All right, that makes, yeah, so yeah. I'll just illegally stream yeah. all. Yeah. I also get so stoned at night that I just want something easy to watch. I, I can so I've been that. watching all like the newest Pixar movies, all the newest kids movies. All I'm right, like, damn, there's some good movies out there. I'm a big uh, American Pickers. Kind of guy at the end of the night, like some sort of like weird antique show with cars. If old rusted cars are in it, and there's like a fat guy talking about it, you are a dad. Yeah, I like were you it. into that stuff before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, so a, you're a main. I've dad. All, well, yeah, I've always liked like the History Channel shit. Like, oh, okay. like not even like History Channel history, but like UFO shows and mm. antique man shows and car history shows and that kind of shit. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like I should care about that UFO shit that's happening, but I don't at all. Yeah, you know what? I feel like my UFO. I had a UFO phase that was pretty heavy, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, right now, like I see the TikTok videos and it's interesting, and I like them all because I want them to keep mm. all the algorithm to remind me that you know UFOs are here. But um, I actually saw a UFO. I've seen. I have a, a couple of um, experiences, but in Keene, New Hampshire, I saw my first UFO. It was just like two. It looked like two objects right over the hills that were like on fucking fire, and we just watched them hang out there for thirty minutes. Really? Yeah. Just now, were you out. tripping? No, no, I was coming out of fucking Shaw's in Keene, New Hampshire. It's crazy. And you really believe that was a UFO? I'm not sure what it like. So I looked it up online, and there were so there was a video of this exactly what I saw, and someone said that they think it's a portal or some sort of wormhole or some sort of something. But it was something I something on fire, just hanging out. Yeah. All right, that's how I, like, I lived in a wicked old house, and I was convinced I saw ghosts. Oh, yeah. 
But the older I get, I haven't seen ghosts since then. So I'm like, is my memory? Do I like push it farther into my memory than are it you, actually was? Are you you don't believe in any of that stuff? Like, I believe. I swear, I saw ghosts. Oh, dude, I, I I love all that shit. I've seen. I love all that shit. I'm a fan. I've are seen you a some conspiracy ghosts. guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't believe many of them, but I like them. Like that's my de- like. If if I like if I'm going to a party and I don't know anyone and there's a dude that's gonna start talking to me about fucking reptilians or flat Earth, we're hanging out all night. <laughs> like I'm fucking gonna show him that I got joints. So I'm gonna whatever whiskey he's got, we'll share. Like I I'm de- like that's better than what talking about my fucking mortgage. Like holy shit. No, I me. guess that is true. I I'm a real. I think I'm a nice person, but I talk so much yeah. that at parties, I don't really want to talk to anyone. I feel like yeah, I'm yeah. like, if I'm not in a conversation I don't want to be in, yeah. I will get myself out of that conversation. Well, my problem too is like, as a comedian, you just talk about yourself. So I'm good at talking, but I'm good at talking about myself, which mm. is not really a party trick. It's kind of like, oh, this guy seems like a douche. <laughs> like, you know, like. See, I have problems when I hang with people that. I can't like I'll just start interviewing them alright like, I'll yeah. just start like podcast doing yeah. like a podcast with them and I'm like this is a different it's weird like yeah, yeah. but I think people like that people like talking about themselves oh people love talking like, about yeah, themselves if you ever watch any that like or read the self help books about like you know being more engaging with people it's always like let people talk they fucking love that that's why people love dogs yeah. dogs don't say a goddamn thing and they just listen people love that shit yeah I uh it's funny. I was going back this past like week and listening to old episodes of the podcast. Oh yeah. In the as I go on, I talk so much less. Yeah, yeah. On early episode, I mean, I'm talking a lot on this episode, but yeah. on early episodes, I would just like talk, and the person would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, well, like, but you're progressively growing as a. And also, I didn't ever gonna say it. Thank you for having me on, and I couldn't be more fucking happy for your success and your continued growth and thank progressing you. as a podcast guy. What's you know, so as comedians, there's so many people, um, you know, in our field that are just doing the same shit, and you were really able to make your own lane, and I fucking love that. So I congratulations, the, thank you. That means a lot. But I felt <laughs> the same thing about you, and that's why I wanted to have you on, and I'm happy we finally got to do it. No, dude, no I'm, matter I'm the circumstances, be because how many people actually create something from this? As you're saying, and you, what you have created with your comedy and with Welcome to Maine and with everything else, you're like in the 1% of the 1%. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't you thought are, of that. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. I am saying you are. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you. it's cool because not many people have that drive. Well, that's really all it is. I would argue too. Everything has been done on just a heap of failure. It's all been. I've done so. I've tried so many things and failed so hard, so many fucking times that. Um, and I'm also, you know, willing to learn from my mistakes or try to learn from my mistakes if I can. Um, that like right now, the little success that. I feel like I'm seeing or whatever I think is definitely directly uh, related to how many times I failed and just just it was not about talent it was tenacity just fucking doing it just all right fuck it let's do something else let's do something more what kept you going like I just love comedy also I don't want to I don't want a real job I have zero interest in having a fucking boss or do a training video or any of that shit like I like working for myself and out of just happenstance and luck and knowing the right people and working hard at what I do that, you know, finding a little niche audience that's into what I do and, you know, making a little career off that. And then also like doing all the side hustles from like writing and all that shit. Um, 
it really it's just not really a drive more i just keep doing it because it's like and and thankfully progressively it's gotten a little bit bigger here and a little bit better here and just progressively and i really again i think it's about time served if you have if you're willing to progress like i know a bunch of people that have been doing comedy for 15 years and have been doing the same 10 minute set like that's not that doesn't that's not time served you know but yeah. do you believe in luck um I go back and forth. I think I'm a very lucky dude. Um, but I think a lot of the... I've, I've had too many experiences where it went bad at that time that led into something good. And I've had a bunch of good experiences led into the bad shit where... Um, I think you just need to be prepared. So I don't know. I, I, I think you need to be in the right place at the right time, which would be lucky. Um, but then to take advantage of that, you need to you know, kind of be on your shit. Why do you think you found success? Mm, I was willing to take it step by step. I think there's a lot of people that when you meet them, they're going to be like, hey, I've, I'm two years into comedy. I'm going to shoot my special next week. And it's like, okay, fuck yeah. I was more so like, hey, I'm an open mic comedian. I'd love to be the opener for some local comedy show someday. And then from openers, like, all right, I would love to be... Fe I was never the dude that was like an open micer, like, I'm a headliner. I really wanted to take it step by step. and Because I respected comedy. I love comedy. Um, and so I think I was just willing to kind of take it step by step. And there's a lot of people that talk. There's a lot of dreamers, which is great. But if you just apply yourself, man, it, you wouldn't believe what, get, what gets accomplished if you just do the work. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, too. It's like, it's not even about being smart or fucking... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not about being fucking the best. It's just about showing up, if that makes sense, you know? 100%. Um, it's about... You were talking about niche audience. Yeah, 100%. What I have is a super niche audience. I do, me too. Me and too. it's... But that's how it works. Yeah. You, if you're really not passionate about the thing that, yeah. like, like hell of people just start shit just to start shit. Yeah. But if you don't really love it, that's why I asked, like, what keeps you going? Because it's well, like a love for it. If you didn't love it, you wouldn't keep doing well, it. Well, I don't even know it's about keeping. I think you're just, I, and I would, I, I would argue that we share this. I think we're both authentic. That's why we have an audience in the first place is we are authentically ourselves. Uh, and we're not afraid to be ourselves. And there's a lot of people that want to make people happy in comedy. And you will, yeah, you'll go to a brewery yeah. show and you'll make people happy. But if you are not like, hey, this is me uh, for real, there are a lot of other people that are like, hey, that I'm like that too. You don't, you don't, if you're just going to uh, try to apply yourself to everyone, you're not going to have usually the wherewithal to then apply to a, a core fan base that really gets you. And they will move you forward. Else, I, sorry, what no, were you saying? I was going to say, because I can make all the content I want. It doesn't mean shit if it's not shared or liked or commented on. And it, 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 it takes the people that like it to make it successful. It's just me making the shit. Yeah, you were talking about time applied. That's why I kind of the opposite. I'm maybe not the opposite, but it's like there'll people will be like, I've been doing comedy 10 years. Mm -hmm. and it's like, As you said, but it's like, what have you been doing in that yeah. those 10 years? You have to learn the business side of it too. It's not just like a hangout, you oh, know. 100%. So many people just do it just for the hangout. Yeah, like they make it their social scene, which is fine. Um, but it it's hard to it's really hard to make comedy a business and a, also your social scene because unfortunately, business there's unfortunate things that have like sometimes you gotta cut your losses and sometimes you gotta and you know to make this an actual business to make and to progress a business you have to make. 
um, sometimes hard decisions and because you're dealing with people's hopes and dreams and their you know their own thoughts of what comedy is and isn't uh, you know you can you can hurt some people so it's hard to make it your social scene and your business at the same time did you always want to stay in Maine uh, I think it was it's funny so I toured with a comedian uh, back in the day and we did like cool little rock clubs he was a dude that was part of the Ronnie Munn Mo- he was part of the Ronnie Munn block party tour so uh, he was uh, you know also in like some niche comedy but we'd go and do these clubs and we'd do actual comedy clubs and we'd do these rock clubs where you know 100 people 150 people would show up and so we had a good name um, and we toured all over the place and I didn't really enjoy it. Like it wasn't like the idea of being a road, like I love doing the shows, but travel just gave me a lot of anxiety and it just it was really fucking lonely and a lot of like just time doing nothing. I didn't feel super productive on the road where like I definitely wanted to do something where I could sleep in my own bed at night. So, you know, in the last 10 years, I kind of fi- like I've tr- I've been trying to figure out, okay, how do I make a living doing this and sleep in my own bed every night? You know? Yeah, because they say, and for me, I feel it, but they say, like, you never get love in your hometown type thing. It can be hard. But you've kind of built yeah. that up. So it's, I'm like, oh shit, yeah. how did he do it? You know? Well, no, it's also, I mean, with that, like, if I was doing a web series that was directed towards the open mic comedy crowd, mm-hmm. no one would give a fuck. But, it, I, you know. We're, we do a thing where we're roasting Maine and Mainers in general like roasting Maine too. It's kind of just traditional. It, it, yeah. Mainers like making fun of Maine. And so we've kind of capitalized on that. We do these weird little character things. Uh, we try to go after, um, you know, people, places, things that Mainers are already already talking about. They're already roasting and shit like yeah. that. So, when, where did the Welcome to Maine idea come from? Uh, I'd been thinking about it for a year before actually... Uh, making it happen but the idea kind of came from uh there's a local comedian tim like i love first off i love Downey's humor there's a whole comedy genre based right here in maine that stems back from humor from the 50s um there's like bert and i joe parham uh in the kitchen marshall dodge uh you know tim sample then there's like bob marley who kind of has continued the tradition and uh, I love that shit. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. I think the best joke in the world is Joe Parham's uh, South Paris Fire Department. If you are a, if you're into comedy and you want to hear the best joke in the world, it's that joke. And he never got his due. He uh, never got his due. He started very late. I think he started comedy in the '60s, and uh, he put out like 13 albums. He died like 75 or something. Like very, very short comedy career. No one really knew him, but he's a fucking legend. Um, and so. Uh, Tim Sample to go back onto that he had a show with like I think CBS or ABC or something like that where he kind of took people around Maine and he had like a, a the, the main af, uh, you know the main voice and all that kind of shit and I liked that but I kind of wanted the idea of like I used to do like shitty jobs like roofing and fucking janitor work and like there were always like like the main dudes like I wanted like a dude that I like worked with to do the travel videos like you should come to Maine dude fucking get a hammer with us dude like I wanted that aspect of Maine because in any other tourist videos I was like hey come to Maine it's a great place I just wanted that 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 party side that fucking rough side of Maine that um really isn't part of the tourist industry at all here but like it's part of Maine like everyone knows a Mainer like that yeah and so we did one video I had the idea to do one video where I was like not talking I just like said one word and the idea with that was pretty much 
you know, I write the script, and every time that James got the words right, I'd be like, yeah. And so it's a way to almost cut it. And so we put out one video, and it was the most shared. I've done sketch videos forever, but it was a very, very popular video where people I didn't know started sharing it. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all my friends would always share my shit and be like, oh, this is great. But complete strangers were like sharing it with their friends, like, oh, this is shit. It's great. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then a radio station, WBLM, got a hold of it and they made an article about it. Like, oh, this is great. And I was like, all right, well, you know, if people like it. And it was also like, a, I've always kind of been like a, not a dirty comedian, but, you know, I'm a fucking comedian. This shit was kind of like for all ages. I never had a, an outlet like that. So I was like, all right, can I make like a PG 13, you know, um, domestic kind of humor? vehicle if you will and so I just started popping out scripts and we started shooting them around Maine and it, it, our friends were really into it but it was just like really it was like strangers started showing up and that was like the first time that that has ever happened in my career where like people I did not know were like yo this is dope and it's like oh shit alright cool but maybe we have something here so we just kept working we worked without um, expectation and I, I still work without, without expectation like there's been a lot of really cool shit that's fallen in our laps but I have not there's never been a time where I'm like yeah we fucking deserve this it's always mm -hmm. been like alright that's fucking awesome I'll just let's keep popping it out and yeah. see where it goes yeah you, you're never you're never like happy with the you're happy with the process. You're not happy yeah. with the outcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I hate everything I've fucking done. You know what I mean? I want to make something better. Um, but so does everybody, and you just doing it is the reason that it works out. Yeah. No one... I don't know many people are like, fuck yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. that shit, yeah, yeah. you know? Because yeah. that shit's never going to... Yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, welcome to Maine. We started it a little over two years ago. All right. How long have you been doing comedy? So I started when I was in high school. I took a comedy class when I was high school, and I was at the, I was at the Comedy Connection in Portland, Maine when I was 18. Oh, wow. Um, and then I did a little comedy through college, and then I partied really hard until I was like 25, 26, and then I started doing open mics again, and then I started taking it seriously at, when I was like 27, and I'm 37 now. What made you stop partying and take it seriously? Because I did the same thing at like twenty two, twenty three. Well, I mean, I still and I still have a party streak in me. But uh, what had what happened is the girl I was dating at the time, she went to rehab, and I had to sober up in my younger sister's basement. And uh, it was one of those things where, and that's why I said I started doing open mics from my sister's basement because I had nothing else to do. And it was definitely like a humiliating point in my life. Be like what the fuck am I doing, dude? I'm in my fucking younger and her at the time. Uh, my sister's partner fucking hated me, and he hated my dog, and it was just it was a fucking mess. Yeah. And so, um, with that said, that kind of like sobering up in her basement, and also finding comedy again, but also taking kind of doing comedy like the way I would fucking do drugs. Was like I'm just gonna I'm going off the rails. And the other thing too is when I went to that first open mic when I was in my sister's basement. I had done comedy previously, so I went to the open mic with, like, old jokes, and all these comics who have never seen me, never met me, were like, oh, shit, like, what's up? And I almost immediately kind of got in and got some spots elsewhere, and it was because I had done it previously a few years ago. What did you think your outcome was going to be before you were doing it? What do you mean? Before you started comedy back up. Like, like what, what, I was, what, what was did I you think you were going to be doing, like, right now? Uh, so at the time I was actually doing a bunch of music. I was doing a little hip hop. Uh, I still sometimes do. I'm not a. I never have 
fancy myself a rapper, but I like hip hop and making it like it feels good to make it. Yeah. And so yeah, if you're, it's, uh, I've, the newest song I've got is called "I'm Not That Fat." <laughs> it's like no, you know what I mean. I'm authentically still, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah. about not being fat, you know, or not being too fat. But uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of music. I don't know. I kind of always figured that comedy was something I would because I started when I was you know as a teenager. And it was really hard. Like, I remember just being, like, terrified to going up on stage. I didn't think my material was very good. Like, it just, I thought, like, oh, this is not for me. But it was something that I always thought, like, oh, maybe in my 40s, I'll do it again. And uh, I don't know. Just, like, I was doing the music thing. And then the girlfriend at the time went to fucking rehab. And I had to fucking, and I lost the apartment. And just, like, what the fuck am I doing? And yeah. so I just want to try something new. And because I, you know, already had a, a bit of a, a set. It was it was, oh, it was easy to jump in, and because people were so receptive to it, it made me want to do more of it. So you look back, and it like makes sense where you are now. Yeah, I've always been de- I've always been determined to do something. If that makes sense, like even when I was doing music, I was sending demos out to fucking record labels that could have cared less, you know. And I, I was always putting my nose to the grindstone. I, it's funny actually, where it really started. I was in a hardcore band when I was in high school, and like I remember being in in high school, they had like a you know, like a fucking multimedia center where you could, you know, make, you know, photos and printouts and you can make your own t-shirts. And I would just like make t-shirts for my band. We'd like make demos at shitty local recording studios. We'd try and sell them and we'd put on our own shows. And um, so I think it started from like the DIY hardcore scene. And then I've just applied that to various aspects of my life leading up to comedy. But comedy seemed like it fit me the best out of all the other things like in college i was a dj for a while i, I dj what refl- was your dj name uh well general i generally just dj is like dj ian stewart um but i did go under uh dj ion i-i-o-n-n for a while you know if you can't tell that was a fucking shitty ecstasy mistake <laughs> you're just- wearing the fucking the ones with the dmt artwork uh, all see, over well it. no i was it was a little bit before that you was right before <laughs> no 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 not no i did wear a fucking a, a pink and black hat that I crooked to the side <laughs> with fucking uh, popped up fucking uh, you know neon green polo <laughs> shirts you know like a complete douche playing fucking neo songs it's brutal girl talk would come out and that was like around when girl talk so like 2008 I was DJing and uh, I used to DJ like a bunch of like parties on campus uh, they were a ton of fun and I DJed at this reflections lounge in Chelmsford Mass every Saturday night for a year and uh yeah, it just wasn't, you know, I, just, I've, I feel like um, I heard a really good quote when I was still doing hip hop. There was undergroundhiphop.com, right? UG, UGAJ.com. Yeah, yeah. And they had a message board. And I remember sharing some of my songs. And the feedback I got from this dude was like, it was just a quote of, a man wears many masks um, until he finds his face. And then, so that's the quote, a man wears many masks until he finds his face. And he goes, yeah, you still haven't found your face. And I was like, oh. And he was right, though. It was like so cutting, but he was so fucking right. Those ones that you are know? like, yeah. they're not even me. They're not, yeah. they are, but they're more just like, damn, you really, yeah. you really but, got and me. And to be fair, though, I mean, he was 100% right. If you ask me now, like, are you a comedian? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll prove to you that I'm a fucking comedian. Like, let me show you. You know, like, you weren't a rapper. No, I was not a rapper. What was your rap name? Uh, Well, so I, it was a rap group called Mechanical Hound. 
So it was me and a guy that made beats. He made great fucking beats. Uh, boom bap, but it was all party hip hop. And what it was, it was we called it porno core. <laughs> and so it was just songs about smoking weed and like girls' tits. Because that's all I knew. I was like 22 years old. That's all I fucking knew. So I'm still trying to be authentically me. And so we had like these boom bap beats about like smoking weed and shit. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, so we had a song that, you know, like the Cottonmouth Kings. So we put a song, they had like this, it was called like Unsigned Hype uh, Board, and we were number two for a long time in like their Unsigned Hype thing. So really? Like, it was like, if you were a juggalo, you'd probably like what we were doing. Oh, were yeah. you a juggalo? Uh, no, so I wasn't, well... In high school, I dabbled with so the girls that were juggalos, the juggalettes. I hung out with some of those girls because you know. Did they turn you into? Did you I mean, turn dude, juggalo? I, for I mean, pussy? I definitely listened to like the Riddle Box while getting an HJ. You know, <laughs> but I wouldn't call myself a fan. I never painted my face up. Okay, I didn't but, know if you were like. All right, let she's me like, double I will down. Go, I will go to Chili's with you, but you yeah. have to wear the makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. On our way to Happy Wheels, we're listening to fucking. <laughs> Ooh, ha, ha, ha. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Uh, but, are you ready? But I've also performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Have you? Yeah. How yeah. was that? Uh, it was cool. It was worth it. I wanted to do it one time. Um, I reached out, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, it was me, some other dude, and Jim Norton. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Actually, so I was the opener. And, were uh, they in the face <laughs> in the audience? Oh yeah, dude. And it was also uh, comedy happens at like one o'clock in the morning there. Oh, so it's shit. after like it's it's after the big show on the big stage when people are walking back to the campsites. <laughs> they have this comedy tent where they're like, "Hey, come on in, guys. Come." Oh, uh, the other comedian Joey Gay from New York, okay. fucking all, like, awesome dude, really really good guy. I hung out with him all night, and he does that shit. He goes like he does a bunch of those things. But yeah, it was. Uh, I wanted to have the experience. I went alone. Which was kind of scary. It's the fucking gathering of juggalos, and I documented. It's actually on my YouTube channel, and uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a blast. I saw I saw a bunch of crazy shit. One a.m. is the worst time to do comedy. Yeah, well, I was warned. I'd rather too. do an afternoon show. Yeah. Than like a after midnight show. I'll do a midnight show, but like. Yeah. Yeah, I did a. You know where New Portland, Maine is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's a wild. Yeah. That's a wild place. Yeah, it's kind of close to like Sugarloaf. Yeah. yeah, they have the swinging bridge that yeah. you can like literally push it. Yeah, yeah, and then a car will drive over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sketchy. There's no cops in New Portland, Maine. I yeah. learned that. There's no cops in my town. There's only sheriffs. Really? Yeah. I hosted a hallucinogen festival yeah. in New Portland, Hell Maine. Yeah. Uh, I brought like ten comedians up. They didn't tell me it was a hallucinogen festival. Yeah, they yeah, told yeah. me it was an arts and music festival. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what they say yeah. up here. Yeah, and then. Also, on top of that, it's like a non-profit for a charity, you know? <laughs> this was not. Yeah, yeah. This was in a dude's backyard. Oh, fuck yeah. All like tents. We got yeah. the one Airbnb I got for the comedian. So I was like, thank God. Nice. We have to sleep in the tents. But there were people blasting off on DMT. Yeah, hell yeah. While we were trying to tell jokes. Yeah. And I was like, this is it's like 1 a.m. It's yeah. like, Noah, you tripping? Like, yeah. not a good time to see comedy. I, I mean, I had a good time. I'm not going to lie. Out of... I Juggles would rather. Yeah, that's the thing because everyone was fucked up, and then the thing is, they're just too, drinking Fago. Oh no, no, no! They're fucking getting <laughs> fucked up, dude. What's really funny though is like they're all they're all conscious of like they're all self aware people, so it's not like 
you're going and they all think like they're like royalty like it's time to get down like, oh, they're this. like we're trash people bro and they but <laughs> and they dive right in it's insane it's kind of fun just like letting yourself go like almost like what Greek caligura or you know what i'm talking about like just like that greek shit of just like yeah it, everything goes i think you need to have a little bit of i care because that's how you turn to a furry so oh, oh, there were some furries there for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine being a furry and a juggalo. <laughs> There's a bunch. <laughs> that's like that, capitalism. That's, yeah, that's some people's you. identities. <laughs> <laughs> a furry. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're called Whoop Whoop the Fox. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have any like crazy, crazy fans? Um. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Or like people after a show where you're like, this is fucking. Yeah, I mean, I, I especially with like well, with Welcome to Maine, we have some intense fans, but I love them all. I've never met a per, I've never met a Welcome to Maine fan that I wasn't like, all right, we'll have some beers, it'll be cool. Definitely like some really drunk fans and like some really high fans, but generally really cool people. Uh, yeah, I mean, but also before that, like you know, I didn't really have fans, so I'm down for any fan. I will say one time, I was at. So right now, because it's so welcome to me, it's so localized. It, you know where I'm from. A bunch of people will come up to me. Like today, I had a guy at Goodwill come up to me and want a fucking photo. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I keep I keep uh, these stickers on me and guitar picks um, of like my the slogan of the show, and I just like give them out to like fans and shit like that. And uh, there was one time that I was bringing my you know my daughter through Hannaford, and there was a guy just taking a video of me, but also like was with my daughter. So it was like a really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if people are weird around me. I, I, I kind of dig it. But to involve my daughter, kind of, I was just like, mm, That's buddy. not cool. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, really no. like this man. And he, like, after talking with him, he was cool. But it was fucking, it Some was weird, man. Some people just don't get the yeah, social cues. That is yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. It's like a good and bad thing when people know who you are. Yeah, yeah. I had to like stop taking mushrooms in public because I would be so weird if people are just like spitting things about yeah, yeah. me to me yeah, and yeah. I'm like just tripping. Dude, well, dude, I had to stop being an asshole to people in public. Like I'm a very intense driver. Like I fucking flip the fuck. If I haven't like smoked weed that day, like I will flip the fuck out. Like I don't know what it is. I'm just an intense driver. And uh, man, I uh, these these guys coming out of Walmart and these guys like kind of cutting I was coming out but they were coming in the outdoor and like it's like adults and there's like just in my way and I was like a dick to them and I was like what the fuck guys and like swerved around them and as I was walking by one of the guys goes hey that's the guy from Welcome to Maine and I was like oh, oh shit cause like I don't know who knows me now you know yeah. and so like I gotta kind of watch myself cause I've always had like a shitty attitude um, not a shitty attitude. I just sometimes I'm moody. Sometimes mm -hmm. you know, it's like sometimes it just it, it's a bad day, and I'll wear it on my sleeve, and uh, and it's not their fault, but uh, I have to be way more mindful of it now. <laughs> yeah, because you can't, because I can't be like, oh yeah, I met that guy from Woken Me. He was a dick, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. I was about to ask you, you know, you meet any people that are dicks, but that, you don't want to put that on. No, no. You don't want to put that on. No, I haven't met any. It's funny. Uh, I've opened up for a bunch of comedians, like just as a stand-up, mm -hmm. um, and I've never really met. Well, I met. There was one experience that I think the comedian was kind of dickish, but it could have just been their manager. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a weird experience with a comic, but outside of that, I've had really awesome experience with like headliners for the most yeah. part. Because I, I think the people that become headlining comedians are like they, 
It's coming from like You know again Authentic people And usually they're Fucking cool people They might be crazy as shit But you're usually cool You know Yeah Some of my favorite people Are like crazy people But yeah. then I can be crazy Around them Yeah And if they care And they're passionate That's that's how you manifest it. Yeah, yeah. People are always like, don't meet your heroes. Pick better heroes. Like, why are your yeah, heroes yeah. shitty people? Yeah, you yeah, know exactly. What I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, why yeah. are the people that you look up to horrible yeah. people? Like, I, well, my hero uh, for a long time as a comedian was David Tell as a, as a comedian. And I got to meet him, and he was the coolest fucking dude in the world. Uh, Doug Stanhope, another hero, met him. One of the coolest fucking dudes in the world. Uh, and I feel like they kind of knew it meant... So you know what I mean? Like they understood the assignment, if you will. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they understood that this this meeting meant a lot to me. So I tried like when people meet me wherever and they really dig what I do, I try to do this. I try to make it fucking cool. You know what I mean? Because I've experienced that myself. Yeah, because you never know what you mean to somebody. Yeah. Either way, you like I try not to think what shit people are talking about yeah. me, and I also yeah. you shouldn't think like you could yeah. really change someone's life and yeah. Well, I am. I am. I will say, I have a. You know, when you hear criticism about yourself, it, it always hurts. But I definitely don't spend that much time thinking about. I don't really give a fuck mm. what anyone. You know what I mean? And that's that's been a detriment in some situations where it's like, yeah, I probably should care a little bit more in some regards to some things. But generally, I don't really give a fuck. Um, and I feel like that has kind of helped me um, progress. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I try not. It doesn't. It like. It affects me for a minute, but it never stops my forward motion. Yeah. I was with a friend who just got pregnant. Yeah. Of um, male friend's wife just got pregnant. And someone was, a comedian, and someone was saying, like, man, I really hope this doesn't, like, stop them from doing comedy. And I was like, if it did, then they weren't really oh, yeah. meant to do it. Like, yeah. I didn't take comedy seriously until I had kids. Why? Yeah. Because uh, I didn't have to. Because I could kind of skate mm. by. I could sell fucking weed and do comedy at night. And it was good times. Uh, and then kids are for, kids are for real. Kids are for real financially, but also emotionally. You got to be there. You can't be fucking around. You can't be doing stupid shit. And I had enough opportunities in comedy where I I felt like, oh, I should be. I should just do this as a business. Just treat comedy like selling weed. And that's what I've been doing, and it's been working out. How how do you create the business of comedy? Got like, double what, up. What's your double up? Just same th- same thing as weed. You got to invest in good shit. You need to double up. Uh, you need to know your clientele. You need to shuck and jive, and you know meet people. It's all about connections. It's all about knowing you know the right place, the right time, being th- at the right place at the right time. Kind of being a cool dude, being someone you can hang with. That's all fucking selling weed. It's also also comedy. It's a business of comedy. All the and the, with that said too is. The, if you want to be professional, you got to hang out with the professionals. You can't hang out with the knuckleheads uh, in both regards. So if you want to do this for real, there's some people really doing this, but they're moving in a different way. Why? Figure that out. F- fuck with them. And there, and the thing is, too, is there is some secret sauce in that and both, and you've got to learn from mistakes. But the, the people that are making it, when they realize, oh, you're kind of, you understand what the secret sauce might be, they're going to welcome you kind of into that full. And that's how you progress with bigger and better opportunities and connections and people uh, is just getting better at your own craft but then also allowing other people that are at whatever level you're at to come into the full meet them hang out see what they've got to share what can you learn what can you you know give to them yeah but again it's it's, it's having it's, the secret sauce though knowing yeah having a little bit when of secret you sauce. meet someone and you know they know yeah 
and they know you know, yeah. then you're like, oh, okay. And yeah. a lot of motherfuckers don't know. Yeah. And I, it, unfor- and it, uh, it, again, it comes from taking your hand off the wall and jumping into the fucking darkness. There's a really good quote of like all great opportunities lie in what uh, lie in. Oh, what the fuck's the fucking all great opportunities lie in the fucking ether. I don't know. Like basically like all your best opportunities are completely foreign to you right now. They're all in the darkness. The only way you're going to find the opportunities is if you jump into the fucking darkness. It might be scary, but the yeah. further you jump in, the f- less expectation that you have, the more willingly the more willing you're uh, going to allow yourself to dive into the whatever depths it is that you're trying to do, uh, you will find some crazy ass shit in there and you're going to learn some lessons for sure. But you're also going to be rewarded. You have to gamble with life. Fuck. Yeah. You have to like, I hate gambling. I hate gambling. I like I can't gambling. Do it, fan. But I love gambling with life. I yeah. love not gambling with my life. Right. But I mean, if I put myself in this position, what will I get from it? Yeah. And the biggest bets I've ever taken have paid off the most. Yeah, be a fucking adventurer, you know? Yeah, not... It's like the first time... It's funny, my friend. It's like the first time you get broken up with. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I will never, ever feel the same again. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, I'm just moving on with my life. Like, that's that's how it works. Yeah. That's kind of like... N- Honestly, nothing other than, like, physical pain. But no, like, chance you take is going to hurt more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you come back from that, you're going to come back from, like... I'm talking about, like, if you have death or a disease or something like that, that's different. But you know what I mean. Like, what is the worst... You know, people say that. What's the worst that's going to happen? No, exactly. There's a lot... I feel there's a lot of people that aren't willing to... There's, uh, dude, I've met so many fucking talented people, like genuinely talented people that just aren't willing to take the risk. And that's the only thing holding them back. They're the, they are the only thing holding them back. And they are you so were talented. saying failures, like you learned, you failed a oh, lot, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you have to be okay with that. I'm I've, not, I'm not naturally talented. I had to, I've got, I had to learn from my mistakes, you know? Yeah. The only thing I have is grind. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Literally yeah. the only thing I have, yeah. like. I'm a stone. You know what yeah, I mean? 100%. Like I, I'm a stoner comedian, yeah. like who talks to rappers. Like, yeah. but, but you know, it's so grind. funny though. Even so, like I remember talking to you at Stratwater, and this was years ago, right when you were like pop, the, when this started popping off. And I remember talking to you about like financial advice. There are a lot of comedians I'll like try and throw game at that will take it as a fucking, almost as like a hit to them. Like fuck, you. like why would you even like? How mm-hmm. dare you try and like talk down to me about this shit or whatever? And like you're you. I think that's why you get the opportunities you get is like you're obviously a dude that's fucking down to work and people can the people that are working know the people that are down to work yeah. and the people that are just looking for opportunity. I appreciate your advice back then and now because like I po- I like to post a lot like when I get an opportunity mm-hmm. I like to post about it in a way that's like inspiring that you can be like oh shit if Sam did it I can yeah, definitely yeah. If Sa- you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you get mad at that, why not just get inspired? Like, when you tell me those things, yeah. or whatever it is, I just get inspired by it. I don't yeah. get, like, he got that, so I got yeah, yeah. this. It's oh, like- and unfortunately, especially in, like, you know, the comedy scene, the you know, the local comedy scene, you hear it all the fucking time. But eventually, you kind of understand, you know, it's always consider the source, you know? Yeah. You, gotta, you know, and that's it. Unfortunately, you know, that's what it is. You just have to... Are the businesses around you happy? 
then that's all that fucking matters. Are you progressing? Then that's all that matters. Are you getting bigger and better guests or, you know, getting better opportunities? You know, I mean, or do you feel fulfilled? Forward. Yeah. Oh, do you oh, yeah. Feel do you feel fulfilled? Happy? That's yeah. like, yeah. if you're not feeling fulfilled, you're not on the right path and that's fine. Yeah. But you just got to start to feel it because yeah. it will come someday. I would, and there's a lot of people, you know, in comedy, I knew it in music too. A lot of people like very unhappy and it's like, man, if you just like, allowed yourself to quit this you might find the thing that you fucking love you might yeah. find the thing that like elates you and that's the one thing like the, especially with finding comedy is like i did a bunch of shit that i was like mm, i don't know like getting frustrated always being frustrated like I, I not very great at writing rhymes not very good at making beats not very good at djing i was all like not very good at playing guitar i was always like frustrated with it but then when i found comedy i was like oh i fucking love this like yeah. this is fucking awesome and i yeah. feel like it's because i allowed myself to quit a bunch of shit yeah, I um, it's funny. I'll, I I did Detroit House of Comedy, which was the first time headlining a club in a different city. My mm -hmm. name on the post, you know what I mean? Whatever, it holds two hundred thirty people. I sold thirty tickets. That's yeah. not many people. It was an empty room, but yeah. I was so happy. Yeah, like I did fifty nine minutes that night on stage. I had never been happier. Yeah, at an empty room that I lost money on that trip. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But what, I was like, the, the, up there, I was like, oh, th this is why I'm supposed to be doing this. This oh, feeling yeah. of like. It doesn't matter that the room's empty. It doesn't matter. I didn't sell the amount of tickets I wanted. I got to sell it. The show happened. Yeah. I got to do an hour, and I felt fulfilled. Yeah. Well, the other, I think you, you know, whether you realize it or not, you're investing in yourself, and there's nothing, there's nothing to be sad about that ever. Like, if you can invest in yourself, like, that's, the, like, again, like, it, it's so important to not even allow failure or what would be perceived as failure but fucking celebrate that shit because it's always going to be something that propels you forward there's a lot of people like if you're getting hung up on that shit then this is not for you yeah it's the people that allow those things to um inspire them any situation and all honestly i honestly feel like when the show's sold out and it's great financially and, and nothing goes wrong i feel like i get way less out of that than i do when it's a half-filled room and i've got a, a couple fucking bombed ass jokes you know like you learn so much more um, from like the harder aspects of the business. And I think it's, it's important to celebrate that. And there's not that many people that will do that. There's a lot of people that either will get hung up on it or they're so afraid of it that they won't put themselves in those positions. Yeah. I think it's very funny that during the whole podcast, this place was packed out. I know we've scared. And then off. the comedy shows about to start. <laughs> There's yeah, no yeah. one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we there did we are. scare them off. Welcome to comedy. <laughs> hey, this was awesome. Yeah, this was amazing, dude. Thank you so much for having me, man. Thank I appreciate you so it. much for doing this. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited. Um, this was an honor for real. You're a big inspiration. No, and I'm thanks, really man. happy to have you on. No, again, I can't. I can't. I'm so excited that you are finding the success that you're finding, and rightfully so. That's Thank fucking you, awesome, man. man. And, I hope everyone will check out and I hope I can't wait to see where you grow from here. Cause it's not like, you know, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, you know, I've got a, I've got a new script coming out. So we'll see. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool as hell. But yeah. Check this out. Welcome to Maine. Check out Welcome to Maine. Where people, where you, can people find you on Instagram? Uh, no, we're not even. No, we're not big on Instagram. We are big on. How about you? TikTok. You have a Instagram. I have an Instagram. Yeah. Oh, my Instagram. I hate Ian Stewart. <laughs> at I hate Ian Stewart. I'm not like a big Instagram guy mm. for some reason. But yeah, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Welcome to Maine Show dot com. It is what it is. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Yeah. Yeah.